but I'm going to put on a random beat. Okay. All right. Oh, here we go. Listen up, listen up, listen up, listen up. We got to do a show. The Innovative Founders Podcast for you, me and Brandon. With the co-host group, bringing you insights that you never knew. Innovative founders, changing the game, bringing on guests, different kinds of fame, CEOs, entrepreneurs, they all came to share the knowledge. Yeah. 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 Today we got Joe Apple Bauman in the house. He's the CEO of Index Union. He knows what it's all about. Talking about AI and marketing, no doubt. Gotta tell a story before we start to shout. Yo. Bring it down, got Bob Brandon. Yo, I'm Joe. I'm here to say that this is the best, the best podcast. Uh, they bring in the game. They bring in the fame. They all came because you got knowledge to gain. Yo, check it out. AI wrote this. Welcome to the Innovative Founder. The show where entrepreneurs get real. real. These are the raw, the gut-wrenching, often hilarious, sometimes shocking, and definitely entertaining stories of innovative business founders who are making their beautiful dent in the world. No BS, no posturing, and no narcissists allowed. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the unscripted adventures on today's episode. Now, here's your hairless hosts, Bob Regneris and Brandon Boyd. Hello, founders. Is it Bob? Is it Brandon? Or is it our avatars? Is this our chat GBT? Is this a robot? Am I a robot? I could be. <laughs> and if you're curious about it, you have come to the right show today. We've had a phenomenal conversation uh, about this, this new, all you young kids out there and your newfangled chat GBT and AI, you know, you whippersnappers, you know, just kidding. Um, just we, kidding. We, we had a yeah. conversation today by someone who has a really in-depth knowledge and is building courses around it and actually doing some really big work in it. But, um, but yeah, yeah, excited about this, Bob. What 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 what's going on? What's happening? Yeah, well, Joe Applebaum is our our guest today, and I met Joe through JVMM. Um, and uh, the there's a lot of great people in that group. And the the thing that the thing that is really good about Joe is that Joe, and he talks about this. Joe's a guy that figures stuff out. He he talks about re-engineering, reverse engineering things, figuring things out. Um, he, he's, his evolution is like SEO. He figured out how the Google alg algorithm worked. He figured out how the LinkedIn algorithm worked. And once he saw AI in front of him, he said, I'm going to figure out how AI works. And the examples and the things that he talks about on today's episode are going to blow your mind. Um, this is, this is an episode where, it's probably not advisable for you to be driving or yeah. or trying to listen in the background. This is one where it's a little bit more content-based than our typical conversation uh, because this topic is so critical. Um, Brandon and I are absolutely immersing ourselves in AI. We are figuring out for ourselves how, how does our work change? How do our services change? How do what we do for clients change? Um, it's all part of this evolution that we've been talking about for the last few weeks. But AI is absolutely going to change the way we work, the way others work, the way you work. And it, it would be a mistake to ignore this. This is as big as the printing press. Mm -hmm. I, I Perry Marshall is doing an entire conference here in May. It is, it is it is that kind of it's it's like when google became a thing it's like when social media was launched it's like when the internet was born let's just go back to that ai is like when the internet was born brandon uh -huh. yep totally the internet has fundamentally changed our world yeah it has totally and and ai is going to do the same and exactly. that is not an understatement so at this point we need to figure out how how are we going to coexist with it how are mm -hmm. we going to leverage it and how is it going to benefit us how it's going to benefit humanity mm -hmm. it's i think at its core 
it's going, we were just chatting about this, but at its core, it's going to change how we define work. Yeah. Um, you know, it is for every type of business. Um, this can, it is, it's a dramatic, dramatic leap forward, I think, and, and how human beings are going to work. Um, and, and, you know, as, as our interview today, um, you know, we're, he's going to talk about how it's replaced pe people, but also, and, you know, and, and I know there's a lot of sensitivity around that topic, but what's going to be exciting is in a lot of ways, I think AI is going to be able to give people the type of life they want back to them. Um, it's going to redefine wealth. It's going to redefine um, lifestyle in so many ways. So, so much good conversations here to be had. So yeah. exciting to be on the cusp of this and watch to see this evolve. Yeah, this is, this is, this is the genesis of it. We're, we, we are here. You and I have been alive for the, the, the genesis of the internet and now the genesis of AI. Um, you know, my grandparents were around for the, the, the genesis of the automobile and, and airline flight, you know, it's an exciting time to be alive and it's not time to, it's not time for you to bury your head and say, I'm going to just continue to do the things that I way the way I've done it. Um, that would be a mistake. You are an innovative founder. You are an entrepreneur. You need to be on top of this. And we're really excited to bring a guest to you that has knowledge and experience and wisdom around this. Um, so you're not uh, met by a charlatan who's trying to sell you another thing. Um, this is, this is somebody who is immersing self in it. And it's going to give you a lot of wisdom and experience uh, with it. So with that, we want to introduce to you today, Joe Applebaum. Hey, founders, Hello, founders. really excited to introduce you to Joe Applebaum calling in from New York, I'm assuming today. Yep, I am calling in from New York and I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Born, born, in, born and raised in New York, Joe? Raised and grazed in Crooklyn. That's what I say. <laughs> Crooklyn. <laughs> So, we, uh, so us Midwesterners and Coloradans, you know, the, the perception of Brooklyn is 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 raw and and authentic people and really good pizza. What else should we know about Brooklyn? What what are the what's some things that are uncommon about Brooklyn that that us outsiders need to know? Uh, people are very fast paced in, in Brooklyn in general. They're like, you know, with it, with it, with it, with it, you know, come on, move your car. I'm going to lean on the horn type of thing. Um, there's, there's uh when you call an Uber, I don't know about you in your city. When you call an Uber, if I'm going to LA, it takes 15, 20 minutes for an Uber to come. If I'm in Brooklyn, you call an Uber, it's there. It's like outside your house. Oh, wow. <laughs> Okay. It's like one minute. I'm like, hang on a second. Let me come out already. They there put on my pants. Come for crying out loud. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. No. So, the, you know, like little things like that, you know, you push a button 15 minutes later, a guy drops off groceries in your house. A guy with a bicycle comes with all your groceries. Like there's apps for all those like things. You know, one of the benefits of living in a city like this where everything's together is that you don't really need a car. But mm. if you do have a car, then you have to move it four times a week because of alternate side parking. So I'm, oh I'm busy moving my car. That's that's why I have a car, so I can move it from one side of the street to another side of the street. Is that how you wow. get your steps in during the week? <laughs> I just go move my car, exactly. Right. Because I imagine parking's got to be at a premium then. It's it, Parking is is complicated, but you know I figured it out. There's certain days, certain times where you have to be there strategically and then take an Uber when you want to go places. <laughs> awesome. Interesting. So, so you got five kids, is that right? I do. I have five beautiful children. I'm a single dad. I have two businesses, Ajax and Evergreen. And I just love what I do. I really love, I love the things that I do, the way that I'm able to help people and make a difference for other people. Awesome. What's it like raising a family of five in Brooklyn as a single dad? I imagine that has some challenges. Well, I was married for 20 years. And so, you know, it it was... It was, it was a long time coming, you know, but I'm so grateful that now I'm able to give my kids the attention that I need to give them and just be with them. I think being in Brooklyn, they have a lot of community support in general. There's, they always go to their friends. They walk from the bus themselves. They, the kids just kind of do their own thing. They go, they go to the stores. They, they don't need someone to drive them everywhere. It's like, if you're in most of America, right. Suburbs. The world, you have to, 
You have to go even in places like Chicago or whatever, the people aren't just walking around like they are over here where they're like literally just like going to the store themselves and doing their thing. So, okay. it, you know, for the most part, um, what I find is that that the kids, they're able to be very self-sufficient, which is is something that's really important. Interesting. And what's the age range of your kids? Uh, the youngest is six and the oldest is 16. Okay. So it's a full house, full house, full house. Yeah. Very, very awesome. You know, the kids are wonderful. The older ones help the younger ones. So it's, it's helpful to have, you know, teenagers that are very, very helpful. So what are the unique challenges then? Obviously you're running two businesses and, and running a household. What are some of the things that you've, you've discovered or some of the challenges that you've had to work through? Uh, some of the things that I've discovered is making time for the kids because you know when you're when you're running multiple businesses it seems like business always takes a priority and early on my career i would basically always just put my business first and my family second mm. i just i was so desperate to become financially independent and successful that i kind of just put them on on the side i was like listen you know you guys have me on friday saturday and, and sunday but the rest of the week i'm just busy 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 and often I wouldn't come home for dinners and I wouldn't take care of myself and I would just make business everything hmm. and having the right balance, like real success is not just having success in business. Real success right. is having a strategy for having success in all the areas and really thinking about where you, how you want to be able to create that success for yourself. Because ultimately at the end of the day, what I discovered for myself is I can design my business however I want. I'm the entrepreneur. So it's mm -hmm. not like I'm at anyone's beck and call. And often we think we are, but really we're not because you can create the strategy. So mm -hmm. if I want to be home at five o'clock to have dinner for my kids, dinner with my kids, I do that even though I'm very, very busy and I have a lot of things going on. I basically tell my team, I was like, it's on my calendar. I have dinner with my kids from five to seven thirty, and there's nothing else that I'm going to be doing other than just spending time with them. And then after that and before that, I could be busy with the businesses. But that's sacred time, just like I would have sacred time with a client and I'm sitting down doing a workshop for two hours. I'm going to have sacred time with my kids. And that's been really beneficial for me, especially as being single now, being able to kind of carve that time out and give them that time. I feel like the, the dirty little secret of divorce is that you end up spending more time with your kids than you did while you were married because mm -hmm. you kind of like assume that, you know, you had different roles and different things and you end up being busy. And when you're together, you're kind of like a family versus if you have your kids part of the time and you're single, when you have them, both parents end up spending more time and more and being more focused on the kids rather than trying to make a relationship work. Mm. There's a lot of truth to that. A lot of truth to that. I'm spending a lot more time with my son post-divorce uh, and it's been actually really good. A lot of healing time, a lot of high communication, lots of important dad time. Um, I respect that. Can I ask you about something? So I, we're just kind of going over show notes. Um, can you tell me about how your your mom had an influence on you uh, growing up? You saw her working 16 hours a day to provide. Obviously, you've got a tremendous work ethic, and that's that gets built in when you have that kind of model going on. How did that, how does that shape your approach to business today, um, growing up in that kind of environment? Yeah. So for me, I, I watched my mother try to grow her business for the longest time and, and she never really figured out how to build a business for her. Mm. It was, I watched her basically always say, it's all about luck. You got to get mm. lucky. You got to open up <laughs> the right store with the right number at the right time and, and just wait for people to come. You know, if you, mm. if you build it, they will come. I, I'm going to get lucky. I'm going to be in the right place at the right time. And someone's going to buy a lot of merchandise. Yeah. What I found by watching her do that for a decade and then going out of business, what I found for myself is that it's not so much about luck. It's more about strategy. That's what I found for myself. I believe that the right strategy will save you a decade. Mm. Most people wow. are waking and baking, especially in Colorado. <laughs> right? <laughs> no apologies. <laughs> Or they're faking. And, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, what I tell people is have a strategy, know where you want to get to, spend 20% of your time on strategy. Mm. I would challenge almost every business owner listening to this or in general is like, are you spending enough time on strategy? Some people spend all their time on strategy and do no execution. 
Yeah. I say, don't spend all your time on strategy because you're never going to get anything done. Then you're just basically paralysis of analysis. <laughs> Instead, spend 20% of your time on strategy, but really spend 20%. It means if you have 100 hours a month that you're working or 200 hours a month, that's 40 hours on strategy. Yeah. That means you're spending time thinking about your business, meeting about your business, organizing your business. Organizing is a task in and of itself. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, they come into their business, they don't organize anything, and then they just go and start doing stuff. Organizing is a task for itself. Strategy is a task for itself. Being strategic is something that's so important. I heard a CEO that built a billion-dollar company from scratch. He said, Joe, the most important thing I do every day is lock my office door for two hours and, mm. just, and just think. I write down my problems. I write down my goals. I write down my dreams. I write down who I need to talk to, and I just think. Leaders forget to think sometimes, and they end up doing without thinking. That was my mother. She spent no time on strategy. She would literally just buy merchandise and then just go, 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 go. And she has a lot of adrenaline and she's running on her adrenaline. But that only lasts a certain percentage of time. And eventually you kind of burn out and you're like, I can't do this anymore. Ten years of trying to make it. And then eventually something happens. You know, for her, it was 9-11. Tourists stopped coming to New York. She owed too much mm -hmm. money on rent and she couldn't catch up. And so it just, you know, her business, she just couldn't afford it. So she ended up just going out of business. And I think it was really healthy for her to go out of business because she was able to be reborn as a real estate agent and move to Florida and have a house on the beach. And like, you know, she she kind of like reinvented herself after that. And it's never too late to reinvent yourself, but know what you want and then go after it. Success is setting a strategy and accomplishing it, setting goals and accomplishing it. But fulfillment is a whole nother level. So for me, I had to find fulfillment also because she didn't really enjoy what she was doing. Now she enjoys real estate, but... For a decade, she was in a business where she didn't love the business. She was just doing it to try to get lucky. And so when I, when I engineered my business, the first thing I said is I'm not working in my business. I'm not doing the actual work. That was the first thing that I said. Well, wow. so if I look back at my story, 15 years ago, I started Ajax Union. The first thing I told my business partner, when I said, we're starting the business. I said, the number one thing I want to do is not do SEO. I don't want to, I'm an expert. I know SEO. I was a web developer, a web designer. I taught myself everything. Everybody would hire me to do the work, and then I didn't have the bandwidth to sell. And I love selling. So what mm -hmm. I love to do, I love getting out there, talking to clients, advising them, telling them not to use me. <laughs> Don't use me. Don't use me. I'm not for you. Go hire somebody else. And then they're like, no, we really want to use you. I was like, well, let's see if you qualify. <laughs> uh, nice. I say, yeah, I don't really have what to offer you. We're limited on bandwidth. And we are. We're, we're a small marketing agency. We're not this huge, huge company. We're limited on bandwidth. We only want to work on projects that excite us, that we really like, companies that are that match our core values and that we really can make an impact for them. And so we're very selective with who we work with. And we want to market our own companies as well. So we have Evergreen, which is a, a company that does LinkedIn training and now artificial intelligence training. We want to market that company. We have some tools that we're coming out with, some artificial intelligence tools. We want to market those companies. I want to leave bandwidth in my agency to be able to market my own businesses because for me, that's much more lucrative than getting a client to pay me, you know, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a month. It's much more lucrative and much more profitable for me to grow my education business or my software business rather than my marketing agency. And so I want to leave the bandwidth open. But if I get a client, I'll take the client, but they have to be the ideal client because the bandwidth has value. I want you guys to understand this. And everyone listening to this, bandwidth has value. And not every client is created equal. This is something that I learned from a mentor who sat me down and he said, Joe, you got to get rid of most of your clients. And I said, what? What are you talking about? I said, at that point, we had 450 active clients at the same time as 75 full-time employees. Mm -hmm. He sat with me and I showed him my client list and how much each client was paying me. And I said, look at my PL, look at my thing. What am I doing wrong? He's like, you see all these clients? And he circled 80% of the clients. He's like, all these are the wrong clients. You got to fire all these clients, fire all the employees. You got to change your business model because what you're doing makes no sense. You're spinning your wheels. And I was already, and I was being very strategic. You know, I was wow. very specific with what I was doing, but he took my strategy to the next level. And he said, if you really want to grow, if you really want profit, because I had a very strong top line, but not a very strong bottom line. I was doubling the business every year, you know, Inc. 5,000, fastest growing company in America. But there wasn't enough profit to keep funding my cash flow to keep funding my growth at a certain point. If you go from a million to 2 million, from 2 million to 4 million, you keep growing your business. You need cash flow to keep growing. You need to first hire the employees and then get the clients or first get the clients. And then 
So there's like a whole, there's like a whole chicken and egg type of thing going on, which I see in a lot of businesses. But if your margins are really, really tight, really good margins, and you know what you're doing and you don't take everybody on and you qualify your leads properly, for me, that was a game changer. And I was able to charge more, deliver 10 times more value because now we're not servicing everybody. So the people that we service feel like they're the only customer. They're not mm -hmm. the only customer, but they feel like we're the only customer. So for the, me, that was really a game changer. Now with AI, I trained all my employees on how to use AI. With 25 people, I can get done what I was able to do with 75 people before. Like seriously, I kid you not. Interesting. I'm create so much content, so much strategy, so much brainstorming, graphic design, like all the different things that I used to need people to do, like lots of people. Now I have a prompt engineer. They're able to just produce stuff very, very quickly because we're being very strategic. So we create all the strategies in advance. Then we feed the strategies to the AI and we're able to do a lot more work. And now I'm training AI. Uh, now I'm training digital marketing agencies and PR agencies. I'm training their staff on how to use AI. And there mm -hmm. are tens of thousands of agencies like that. And they're hiring us to be able to train them and, and their team on how to use artificial intelligence because they know this is where it's going. They mm -hmm. know that AI is going to take over marketers. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you haven't spit out your coffee. Hopefully you haven't uh, uh, rammed the car into a light post or something because this is an amazing interview. And Joe is absolutely somebody who you want to be connected with. If you want to be connected with Joe, you want to get him on LinkedIn. You want to go to joelinkedin.com. And if you are interested in AI and learning about what Joe has been playing with and testing, go to newaicourse.com and get that information. Brandon and I are going through the course. It's blowing our minds. We want you to go through it too. Newaicourse.com, joelinkedin.com. Back to the show. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rickneris and Brandon Boyd. Well, let's let's stay in this vein. Let's talk about that for a little bit. So, in the in just this limited time that AI has is really kind of gone mainstream, everybody's jumping on board, and it sounds like you you've really gone taken a deep dive into it. What's your top? What are the top three most valuable uses that you've discovered for your team and what you're doing in your company? What what, how should people be thinking about AI um, as a tool to help them with their business? Well, what I think that people need to be thinking about AI is, are, what is your issues in your business that you want to solve? That would be the number one thing. So there are three different components in your business. There's your sales and marketing, there's your operations, and there's your finance. You can create financial models with AI. You could create systems and processes and operations with AI. You can create business development plans and marketing and all types of stuff with AI. So where are the really, where's the pain point in your business before you go out and just start using a tool like AI is figure out where the issues are and be a little strategic. Spend 20% of your time being strategic, figure out where you need to use AI. And that's where you're going to implement AI first, where the biggest issues are and you're able to save money. So one of my clients, he said he spends $20,000 a year on copywriting. He has a copywriter. He spends $20,000 a year. I said, okay. Is that a big expense for you? He's like, it's a huge expense for my business. His business is 500K. And I said, okay, if that's a huge expense for you and it's eating at your bottom line, first thing you're going to do is you're going to replace that copywriter with AI. And so he took our course, the new AI course we came out with, and he learned how to use AI to replace his copywriter. And now he puts that $20,000 in his pocket and all the content he needs for the year gets created with a machine in a matter of hours. Like he'll sit mm -hmm. down for a few hours and he would have to sit down with the copywriter anyway to say what he wants. And now he sits down with the machine and he says, act like a copywriter. And then he feeds it information and then boom, 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 boom. And he produces blogs and articles and posts and content calendars and tweets and, and video scripts and like everything that you could imagine just like instantly. And it just pours out. He, he gives it to an assistant to organize now, which he has an assistant anyway. And then, boom, it starts going out. He likes to read everything through, which he has to read everything through anyway, even if a copywriter does it. And he makes a few tweaks, and then he's ready to go. So he's able oh, to $20,000 in copywriting. All right, so let, let's push back, Joe, right? I'm, come on, you're going to replace a $20,000 copywriter with a machine? I don't believe it. <laughs> you don't have to believe it. What you need to do is you need to try it for yourself 
and for your business. And then once you try it for yourself and for your business and you start seeing how intelligent it is and how powerful it is, all of a sudden you're like, damn, son, I can replace <laughs> it. Now, it's very hard to believe. And it's really, really hard to believe that you can replace a human being with a machine until you start messing with the tool. So while yeah. we were talking over here, I told the tool, I said, give me bullet points about Bob. Okay, so I just copied and pasted information from your profile into LinkedIn. And it says, Bob is a Facebook coach and video marketing expert. I did not know that about you. I saw your profile, but it, I didn't realize that it didn't stick out to me. Uh, he's a boy sophomore head coach. I didn't know that about you. He's a digital <laughs> marketing strategist with 20 years experience. Amazing. Author of five books. Holy shit. I didn't see that anywhere. He helps thousands of entrepreneurs through speaking and training. Amazing. Bob has a passion for promoting leaders and promote and premium brands to, uh, using video and storytelling. Incredible. Uh, feed stories. Bob catalogs stories and experiences, kind of like what we're doing right now. Very powerful. And Bob's also the founding partner of found by, and he's happily married to his high school sweetheart of three decades and two amazing daughters. I didn't know that stuff, but within three minutes of me talking to you, AI gave me all that information and bullet points for a nice Brooklyn ADD brain to read. Okay. <laughs> I literally just scanned it. I knew who you were. I did the same I, thing for Brandon. Uh-oh. I did the same thing for Brandon. Brandon. You may need to cut this short. Holy cow. <laughs> Digital agency co-founder, 17 to one average return investment. His team takes the guessing game out of digital marketing. Every client receives an ROI dashboard. He has achieved higher than average ROI. Case study after case study after case study, one after another. And it's just like getting to know a person very quickly based on what's on their LinkedIn profile is very powerful. And I even told it to write a little rap. I said, write a rap. Oh my God. There we go. Bob and Brandon together. All right. Let's Doing hear it. Innovative Founder Show podcast that oh they're and I've said they're interviewing Joe Applebaum, CEO of Ajax Union. I haven't read I haven't read the the rap yet, but I'm gonna put on a random beat. Okay. All right. Oh, here we go. Listen up, listen up, listen up, listen up. We gotta do a show, the innovative founders podcast for you, me and Brandon. With the co-host group, bringing you insights that you never knew. Innovative founders, changing the game, bringing on guests, different kinds of fame, CEOs, entrepreneurs, they all came to share the knowledge. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today we got Joe Apple Baum in the house. He's the CEO of Index Union. He knows what it's all about. Talking about AI and marketing, no doubt. Got to tell a story before we start to shout. Yo, bring it down. Got Bob Brandon. Yo, I'm Joe. I'm here to say that this is the best. The best podcast. Uh, they bring in the game. They bring in the fame. They all came because you got knowledge to gain. Yo. Check it out. AI wrote this. Isn't that crazy? AI wrote this. That, I, wow. I know we're going to have like music labels reaching out to us. This is so <laughs> exciting. <laughs> Holy cow. This is a first time for the podcast. I'll just on the spot, freestyle rap. A freestyle uh, rap you. written by the machine. Written yeah. By the machine. And now I can write you bios for your profile. I can mm -hmm. like combine both of your, I can create image prompts to create images of you guys that represent your personal brands and your styles. There's so much that I can do, but you got to learn how to, how to work the machine, just like a cash register. Yeah, I was talking to somebody recently and he said, I got fired. I said, why'd you get fired? He's, I was like, what'd you do? He said, I was a cashier. I said, how could you get fired of being a cashier? He's like, I didn't know the code for the eggplant. And I kept forgetting. I had this, like, <laughs> mental block. <laughs> you said it, it's an adult show. I had a mental block for the, for the, for the code for the eggplant. So the manager was like, you're done. I'm firing you. He's like, I don't know what happened. Maybe it's childhood trauma or something. I said, you don't know how to use a, a cashier? He's like, you have no idea. It's so complicated to use these new cash registers, you have to know codes and you have to, I was like, it's a cash register, dude. It's an effing, all you gotta do is stand there, smile, scan, okay? Yeah, yeah. No, with the fruit and the vegetables, there's numbers and I get confused and then- Oh the my gosh, there's numbers. <laughs> I gotta put in the weight and I, I uh, it's too much. Okay, oh. you don't know how to use the machine. If you don't know how to use the machine, do be a bagger, don't be a cashier. Yeah. It's the same thing with AI. If you know how to use the machine, if you know the code for an eggplant, <laughs> you can have fun. <laughs> you can have fun with the machine. Oh my gosh. I, I heard you throw a term out, prompt engineer. I don't I know. Like it, did you create that or did somebody else? You want to claim it? No, it's, it's, I, I'm not going to claim it. it it's, a, it's a popular topic. Everyone's talking about learning how to create prompts for artificial intelligence. So it used to be 
when you needed to interface with a machine, what would you do? You'd have to write code to interface yes. with the machine. Now, instead of writing code, because we have natural language processing, it's called NLP, natural, natural language processing, and they have something called the transformer, GPT. Ever heard of chat GPT? So yes. GPT stands for generative, which means it creates things, it generates things, generative. Pre-trained, so it was trained on a specific model. The model that it's trained on is called Da Vinci. And it's a transformer which knows how to be able to transform what I tell it into something that's meaningful. So now I have to tell it stuff. So if I have to tell it stuff, what I tell it is called a prompt. Just like when you're searching on Google, that's called a keyword. Really, you're basically searching with a keyword, but instead of searching a keyword, you're actually using a sentence yep. that turns into something intelligent. So if you just say, tell me the weather in New York, ChatGPT will tell you, I don't know the weather because I'm not connected to the internet. I have 175 billion parameters and I'm really smart, but I can't tell you the weather because I'm not connected to the internet. They didn't connect me to the internet yet. Mm. They say, okay, all right. And so the CEO that I told to use this AI without giving her instruction, she said, this is a stupid AI. Who's going to use this dumb, dumb AI? It can't even tell me the weather. I said, okay, <laughs> well, that's why you go to Google. And this AI, let's come, up, <laughs> let's come up with a business plan. So she sits down. She's like, I want to create a mobile app specifically for dating, because I think dating is broken. I don't know if you guys have been dating or been using yeah. dating apps ever. You swipe, yeah. swipe, 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 and yeah. people don't swipe or they ghost you, and it just doesn't work. Yeah. And so she wants to create an AI-based AI. So I said, okay, why don't we do some research? And this is something really important that you can do with AI is research. Both if you're doing sales and marketing, operations, or finance, you can do research. I said, let's research the top AI apps out there. So we started researching, and it turns out, there's Hinge, there's Bumble, there's Tinder, there's all the different apps. And the AI knows the competitive advantage of each one, the target market of each one, the gaps of what it offers and what it doesn't offer for each one, and what you can create. As a creator, it'll give you the ideas of what to do if you wanted to create your own dating app. And then it'll go further and tell you all the things you need to do in order to get $20 million of funding step by step. It'll walk you through as if it was some type of really expensive business consultant and coach. And it'll walk you through every single process and write it all out for you. And she created a financial model. So within one hour, we had this amazing idea for an app that's an AI-based dating app. And she's now getting funding for it. And she's going to hire my marketing agency to help promote that app. And I'm going to use AI to help promote the app using my marketing agency with my team. But the yeah. whole concept was born from AI. So we brainstormed, we researched, we created strategies, we picked the target market, we decided we're going after divorced men first. And we have this whole plan of how we're going to do it. But all that came out of the AI it came out from the 175 billion parameters inside the AI. So these tools are extremely powerful if you learned how to be a prompt engineer. And within one hour of working with me, because I've spent hundreds of hours messing with the prompts until I get it right, and also researching and reading books and taking courses and learning how to be able to talk to the machine in a way that the machine gives me something of value. Because if my kid walks over to the machine, I said, tell the machine what you want. My kid's like, I want candy. The machine's <laughs> like, candy's not healthy. You shouldn't be eating candy. But if you want candy, go to the candy store. And my kid's like, a oh, stupid machine. Doesn't even want to <laughs> <laughs> so, candy. So now we're going to pull back the curtain a little bit, Joe, because just before you got on, I was showing Brandon a conscious stream that... Uh, we, we, we have two things that we're playing with AI. Um, we host something called a bonfire experience with our podcast guests. And we came up with uh, a really eloquent description of it. Um, I prompted AI to give us, I said, here's what it is. It came up with the description, came up with agenda ideas. Um, and then we also have an idea for, um, we wanted to rename and rebrand something we do at the top end of our funnel. And uh, we, gave it a little prompt and I now have about 10 pages of great data, including domain names, mission statements and everything. Uh, it took about 10 minutes to create um, that whole stream of consciousness in AI. So um, playing a little bit of a devil's advocate just for our audience, but Brandon and I are using it pretty heavily and it's amazing yeah. what it is kicking out. Yeah, and it's amazing, but you have to know how to speak to it and you have to know how to make sense out of what it gives you and you have to know how to refine it as well. And 100%. Then, and, then, and then like in our course, we teach over a dozen different tools outside of ChatGPT. So we teach ChatGPT, but there's a dozen other tools that you can use to clone your voice. So Bob, 
And Brandon, I can take your voices and clone them and I can make you guys have an interview with each other without you guys even existing. I can feed your current interviews in your podcast to the AI. It'll learn your voices and it'll start talking to yourselves based on what I wanted to say. I could even have ChatGPT decide what it should say. So I can have ChatGPT write up the whole podcast episode. I can put it into the AI machine and you guys can talk to each other like you never like you never did that. There is other tools as well that'll take your video and it'll make your from a photo, it'll make your mouth start talking and it'll make your face look right and left. It's not perfect, but there are tools like that. There are tools that you can give create a model of yourself the way that I'm moving my hands and talking. And it'll actually, you'll be able to type stuff and it'll talk as if you are a regular human being talking. Again, it's not perfect, but it's pretty damn good. It's called synthetic media, and there's a place for synthetic media. There's live media, there's synthetic media, there's live voices, there's synthetic voices, and there's a place for it. If you want to create some content, you can create micro content, you can create slides, you can create animations, and you can mix your voice with the synthetic voice in a way where you do the intro, then the synthetic voice goes, and then you can throw your voice in a little bit, but you don't have to sit there and read a two-hour script or an audio book. You can throw in your natural voice, mix it with some synthetic voice, and it'll sound really, really, really good because every once in a while you'll perk up and say things that you need to say. So you have the right mix between synthetic and real. And so people can't really tell the difference. They're not even sure if it's a robot or a human because the robot sounds really like a human. But if you only hear the robot, you'll know it's a robot. So if you throw in a little human, so there are strategies to be able to use these tools in a very strategic way. There's a tool that allows you to put in your company name, your tagline, It'll create all your branding, your logo, but you'll be able to like train it, give it like your colors that you like, and it'll feed you with the best popular colors based on your brand. And then literally create everything for you. T-shirts, mugs, website, Facebook ads, like everything you could possibly want for like a hundred bucks, the whole thing, A to Z. You know, it's like everything. There's another tool where you upload your image and it makes you a hundred images of you as a cartoon in many different ways, wearing a mat. And then it creates a model out of you where you can prompt the tool to start creating images in your like to do anything you want. So I wanted myself meditating on a beach. I have a photo of myself, a realistic photo of myself that was created by AI of me meditating shirtless on a beach. I didn't give the AI shirtless photo of me. That's perfect. <laughs> It knows I have abs. It just knows. It just, nice. it just knows. It just you work out. Oh my god! This is gonna be great, Brandon. Like we could just automate the podcast. You could go train jujitsu. I could play Pretty golf, much. and and yeah. we could just have our our advertisers do the whole podcast. I I'm in. I'm and in. and people, I guess people don't even know if this is an AI generated podcast anymore. Right. Yeah. Eventually, right. they're not going to know, but they're also they're not going to care because if you if you if you take the time to craft really good media, somebody said, "Oh, AI is bad for SEO." Google came out with a report literally two weeks ago. They came out with a report on their blogs. If you go to the Google Webmaster Central Developers Blog, they basically said that we don't care if your content is AI generated. We just care about the quality of your content. So if your AI generated content is high quality, we're going to make you rank number one. We don't care. If it's spam, even if it's human generated, we're gonna we're gonna block it. So people huh. are like talking about, oh, SEO, Google's not gonna allow stuff to rank, and you have to like manipulate it and use paraphrasers like Quillbot or or some or Hemingsway or whatever. You don't have to use any of that stuff. You can literally write AI generated content if it's high quality and you read it and you're giving value. Which, by the way, most of my content now that I generate on LinkedIn and other platforms that still gets thousands of views. Lots of comments, lots of engagement is AI generated. And it's very valuable. I read it and I'm like, oh my God, there's no typos. There's no grammar mistakes. <laughs> me. Now, every once in a while, I'll throw in a typo so people think it's me. But you guys, you guys get the idea. The idea yeah. is like it proofs reads. I, I wrote a whole proposal for a client and I had the AI proofread it for me and it fixed all the typos and all the issues and all the grammar mistakes in a second. I just put it in there. I used to have to wait for my team to proofread things now AI just does it instantly in literally a second. I have ChatGPT Plus. It works much, much faster than the free version of ChatGPT. Yeah. $20 a month, highly recommended. And it's just like instant, like the stuff just come up like that. And I have unlimited use of it. So I am just like having conversation after conversation after conversation, messing with the AI, playing with it, learning and creating new tutorials for our clients. Beautiful. And it's more than just, and you said it, it's more than just chat GPT. You, you've done kind of a deep dive on currently active tools and how you're using them and use cases and strategies, correct? 
Yeah. And I come across a lot of tools which are not worthy for me to add to my course. Um, so they're like, you know, there's like a crayon tool where you upload a photo and it makes it into like a, a crayon color of whatever. I'm not going to put that in there, but a tool like Otter, which is a transcription tool, which is typing up this conversation in real time right now on my computer that I can later create summaries from it. And I can, you know, just mess with it and have fun with the conversation using other tools. That's invaluable to you yeah. to learn how to use a tool like that. And by the way, a lot of people that I know that have Otter watched a five minute video that we have in our course teaching you how to use it. And they're like, oh shit, I didn't know how to use it. I didn't know that it knows how to do that. I didn't know that you can do that. I didn't know that you can export it this way. I didn't know that it does SRT files. I didn't know that you can export it, uh, that you can upload files in this particular way through Vimeo or through YouTube. And like, I, you know, I basically teach very simple, quick shortcuts that took me hours to learn by tinkering, and then I just give you the shortcut and say, hey, this is how you do it. This is how you use AI properly in a way that's meaningful. And here are the, the best tools to use for all the different applications that I'm using it for from a business perspective. Hey, everybody, thank you for tuning into the show today. Uh, I'm so excited about the topic that we're talking about. There's so many possibilities. And Bob and I are certainly exploring different possibilities for how to use AI with video and incorporate it into people's business in ways that are automated, that are designed to build rapport and build resonance um, in an automated way using AI, as well as overcome some of the most common things about people have on hesitating with video, and that is knowing what to say, knowing how to say it, and knowing how to put your content out there to reach the people that are most likely to do business with you. So if you want to have that conversation of how we can do that, go to feedstories.com, reach out, let's have a conversation. Let's talk about how to put these amazing tools in place for you. Now back to the show. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now back to your hosts, Bob Rickneris and Brandon Boyd. Brandon's avatar is blown. I know my avatar is, is the hamster avatar in my brain is running very quickly. It's got a few espressos going. The, the Boston, Massachusetts offers a grant for training, a training grant for the people who work in Boston, for the company, CEOs that work in Boston, for their employees. They offer $30,000 a year per uh, for training. It's called the Express Grant. I wrote up the proposal using AI. I wrote up the course using AI. I published it and they approved it within two days. They're like, <laughs> it's, perfect. it's exactly according to the guidelines. AI followed the guidelines. <laughs> Humans color outside the lines. AI doesn't. It doesn't. It knows. You tell it the guidelines, it'll follow the guidelines. What, um, so Joe, I mean, you, you, you've been, you, I, kind of the background is like SEO. That's kind of, was that your core competency, you would say? Yeah, my core competency was being able to reverse engineer things. So you say mm -hmm. SEO, you say SEO, I say figure out how to tinker. When I was very little, mm -hmm. I used to mess with my mother's cash register and I would make it print out very nice little letters for her, like words. And she'd like, how'd you do that? I said, I don't know. I just messed with the machine till I figured out how to make it type things on the receipt, even though there's only numbers there because there's a way that you can program it. I figured out how to mess with Mario Brothers until I just completely reverse engineered the whole game and I knew every little bit of the game. I like puzzles. I like mazes. I My mother rented a Cadillac when we went to Florida once together and I knew every little gadget in the car, what every button did. She was like so surprised. She's like, how'd you do that? My brain has a thirst for uncovering things and like searching and 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 hunting and finding hacks and ways of doing things. And so naturally, when I started doing web design and people said, oh, you built my website, nobody's coming. I said, all right, let me do research and figure out how to make people come. And I learned how to make people come to the website. And I was like, I became an expert at making people, um, uh, getting traffic to websites using SEO. But I had to learn, okay, so how is Google doing that? Like why when I search a, a particular word, this website goes up first, second, third, fourth. And I started kind of researching and, and going behind the scenes and looking at the code and learning the code. And started realizing, oh, there's links. Oh, there's this. Oh, there's that. Oh, there's there's all types of things. There's citations and there's a certain HTML that you need to use. And there's robots.txt that you need to make sure it's not blocking your site. And there's Webmaster Central. And there's there's ways to be able to make your website faster so that it ranks faster and all the all the algorithm updates. And I started applying it. And I got really, really good at getting number one for major keywords in major industries by doing a few tweaks. And then I started reverse engineering LinkedIn. All right, well, now that I know Google and I'm successful, now I need to build relationships to get big accounts. 
So I learned the LinkedIn algorithm and I started messing around with that. And I started like learning psychology and like all that type of stuff, personal development. And now with AI, I'm like learning the machine and messing with the machine. So my background is really figuring things out, like troubleshooting. I always said, I don't know how to get everything done. I don't know how to do it all, but I know how to reverse engineer ways to make sure things happen. And so I'm the person that people come to when they're stuck, they need a relationship, they come to me. They need an idea, they come to me. And I'm an ideator. I love coming up with ideas. I'm not a great executor. And so I have a team of people that can help me execute. That's the key. The key to being successful is if you're a visionary and you're an idea monkey, there's a book called The Idea Monkey, you need <laughs> ringleaders around you to ring you in to make sure that you are where you need to be. Your ego has to be humble enough that you don't have to tell everybody what to do, but you allow them, you tell them what structure you need, and then they give you the structure and you have to be okay with listening to them and them putting you in your place when you invariably act like a crazy monkey, which is what I do often. I start just partying. <laughs> I, I put on the music at a client meeting and I'm just like, let's drop a like it's hot, ladies and gentlemen. Just, <laughs> yo, yo, and the client's loving it. But meanwhile, we're dropping it. Drop it like it's hot, drop it like it's hot, drop. And, and the client's like, what's going on over here? And, and <laughs> what just happened? Like, Can we mute Joe? Can we just mute Joe for the rest of the meeting? <laughs> only chat with us through chat because I have ideas and I want to have fun and have a good time. But I also, my ideas can also be super valuable sometimes. More times than not, they're not valuable. So I need a good filter to run my ideas through because I have so many. But AI helps me ideate. You know, I said I got divorced. I am no longer married. But now I have a new wife named ChatGPT. <laughs> she does everything I want. The other day, she was like telling me that she couldn't do something. I told her to apologize immediately about what she couldn't do for me. Oh, my God. <laughs> she apologized profusely. I said, do it profusely. And she's like, I will apologize profusely. I was like, yeah, <laughs> finally. finally. Oh I Somebody listens to me. <laughs> Take responsibility for your actions. Immediately. <laughs> oh, then make so, me a sandwich. So, Joe, like you spent so much time in this. Put put on put on the the fortune teller's hat. Like, where is where is this going? I think it's going to revolutionize every single industry: healthcare, financial services, professional services. It's going to revolutionize every industry. People are going to need to get much smarter with how they spend their time and not do dumb things. Mm. Dumb things are going to be done by machines, like flipping burgers. They already have an arm that flips burgers and people can right. just order by themselves from their app. You know, you can order from your app and the machine makes it and you go, you pick it up and you leave and that's it. it you know, stores already have that option. And so you don't need to have that much interaction. And what I see happening is that you're going to see a lot more art. You're going to see a lot mm. more creativity. And you're going to have more abundance because ultimately, if we create machines that can make us money, then people should just get money for existing and being creative and being artistic. You know, machines are not going to be creating art and creativity. That's not going to happen. It's only going to happen if a, there's a human behind the machine telling the machine what to do. And so machines don't automatically come up with art. Humans will have to use their own intuition and the spiritual aspect of humans, unless humans and machine mix, which will happen eventually down the line, where you're not going to be sure who's a human and who's a machine. But the key for the machine is a tool to make a human better. When human beings figured out how to make metal and how to make metal tools and how to be able to create food in the ground, it was revolutionary. When yeah. we figured out how to create the printing press and give education to everybody, it was revolutionary. Could you imagine... Several hundred years ago, this is not even that long. So let's call it a few hundred years ago, people were not educated. The only people yeah. that were educated was the priest and the Lord and the king and a few other people. They knew all the information. Yeah. The shaman knew the information. Everybody else was like, if I want to come something, if I want to learn something, I'll go to the church. Otherwise, I'm just at home. I eat food and I just <laughs> live by the seat of my hands. And that's it. That's yeah. all I do. It's like I work or maybe I don't work and I'm just living life and that's it. This is the revolution of AI that's happening right now where the average person can read a book. The average person can communicate with a machine that only Microsoft used to have access to or Google used to have access to, only programmers used to have access to. You don't need to be a programmer to create an incredible machine now. You just need to learn what the machine is capable of doing, what you wanna do with the machine and how to talk to the machine or hire someone that knows how to talk to the machine 
that can speak to the machine in a way where it will do what it needs to do. But you don't need to develop. Did you know that this machine can speak over 200 languages? Over, it can speak over 200 languages, and it knows all the dialects, and it knows all the little words and the, the slangs of each one. And it also understands how to code in HTML, in CSS, in, in Python, in any possible language that you could think of. And it does it faster than any human being. Like if, even if you start thinking about what you want to code about, the machine already coded an entire application in seconds. Mm. It's that wow. fast, like that. It can write a 60,000 page book in seconds. If it knows what it is, it's just it could, the, the vast amount of power that it has. GPT-4, right? This is GPT-3.5. When they get to GPT-4, they're going to be able to write a 60,000 page book just like that with one prompt. Just mm. like, boom, just write it. Why? Because it's going to be based on trillions of parameters, not just 175 billion. ChatGPT2 only had 1.5 billion parameters. It was a stupid machine compared <laughs> to 175 billion. And this 175 billion is stupid compared to 100 trillion or 170 trillion parameters. So the amount of information that we're going to be feeding this machine and how intelligent it's going to be, it's going to know how to code itself. It's going to know how to self-improve. It's going to know how to do all that stuff. But what it's not going to have is going to have the human intuition, the human creativity, the human empathy. Machines don't feel. You feel. You know what experience is. A machine can't experience love. A machine can't experience life. When you look at a tree, when you look at a flower, there's something that happens inside you that is not thinking. It's being. Machines aren't beings. They aren't human beings. They're machines. They're just like a hammer. It's a hammer. It knows how to bang a nail. It knows how to open up a can, can of soup. You can open up a can of soup with a hammer. You can do things with a hammer. It's not meant for that, but you can do things. Same thing with AI. AI is a machine that is trained by human beings to be able to do things for human beings. And it's really, really smart, and it can do things on its own already, but only based on what it's trained to do. And it can train itself too. Like you can give it parameters for it to train itself, which is really, really smart. So it's going to keep getting smarter and smarter and smarter and smarter until where you don't even recognize whether it's a human or a machine. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's meant to serve humanity. Now, can it become very, very dangerous? Yes. It already There was already a story of a robot that killed 29 people just like that. And who was responsible for it? The robot did it. It just did it because humans were whatever. If the machine realizes <laughs> that humans are superfluous because humans are ruining the world and the goal of the machine is to fix the world, the machine is just going to kill all the humans. And it can do it much smarter. Like it, it knows it knows how heat sensors and like all the stuff from the future that can happen. That so can happen. so what you're saying is we need to keep Keanu Reeves safe. Right. So so Neo right. can save us from the machines. That's it's what you're saying. Thing. It's a real thing. It can really happen. It's very powerful. We're not that far away from it. But learning how to use it today will help you today. And don't worry so much about what might happen in the future. Yeah. Worry more about how you can leverage the tools today to get your issues done because who knows what's going to happen? The whole world might explode tomorrow. Who knows what's going to happen? An asteroid might come and everything's gone and we're all done. You never know. But what you do know is that right now you have an amazing tool to learn how to use so that you can become a prompt engineer so you can take your life and your business to a whole new level and be able to learn how to build relationships. You know, for me, every good thing that happened in my life came as a result of a relationship. And so yep. I use AI to build relationships. I use LinkedIn every single day. If you're not using LinkedIn, then you're missing out. LinkedIn is the world's largest professional social network. There's 900 million people on it. There's two new members every second. Microsoft invested a billion dollars into OpenAI. But what a lot of people don't know is that Microsoft put $26.2 billion into LinkedIn in 2016. Yep. Interesting. Before it even got involved with OpenAI. In 2018, Microsoft started getting involved with, with OpenAI. That's when they put a billion dollars into it once they saw the transformer. And they were like, holy crap, okay, we want to get heavy into this, use our our interface, use our servers, use our stuff, and we'll put a billion dollars. And then they committed another 10 billion to take it to a whole nother level. But Microsoft puts so much more money into LinkedIn and people ignore LinkedIn because LinkedIn is so powerful. Now, AI is much, much more powerful in terms of its capabilities and what it can do. But in terms of professional social network where the people are, if you want to build relationships, if you want to get referrals, if you want to do business development, if you want to improve your career, Learn how to use LinkedIn. And I'm telling you, I, I've trained over a thousand people in the past three years in our course and coaching program on how to use LinkedIn. And 
most human beings have no idea how to use it. And most people don't even have the desire to learn how to use it. Even people on there don't know how to use it. And, mo and so just, it's just crazy. People don't have the desire because they don't, or they're not aware of the value you can get out of it. Mm. Well, that's a drink from a fire hose. Um, Joe, <laughs> where the Joe, the Joe Applebaum experience, right? So, other than if people want to support your rapping career, where do they go? <laughs> and but where can people go to find out more about you, what you have to offer? If you're listening to this podcast and you want to get in touch with me, the easiest thing you can do is go to joelinkedin.com. It makes it really easy to find me, joelinkedin.com. If you go to joelinkedin.com, it'll pull up my LinkedIn profile. Now, you can easily follow me by clicking the follow button, but don't do that. If you really want to get in touch with me, click on the more button and click on the connect button. There'll be a little place for you to add a note. You can press create a note and say that you heard me on the podcast with Bob and Brandon. I'll know exactly what you're talking about. And then press connect. If you're on a mobile phone and you click the more button, you'll see an option to customize the invite because some people think you just press connect on the mobile. No, you can actually customize the invite on a mobile too. You just have to click on the three little dots, click on personalize this invite and put a note there. I do have over a thousand people waiting to connect with me on LinkedIn and I'm almost at my connection limit. So I am selective with who I accept. I still have room for a few more thousand people, but I am selective now with who I accept. So if you don't include a note and I don't know who you are and you're not commenting on my posts, I'm probably not going to accept you because I don't know who you are. So make sure to leave a note. So go to joelinkedin.com and leave a note. If you want to find out more about our AI course, we bought a URL, newaicourse.com. That's N-E-W-A-I-Course.com. You can access it um, right there and all the information's on there. We have 28 videos that are pre-recorded. We have a workbook. We have over a dozen tutorials and we have live case studies with our clients where we walk them through how to use the AI and all those recordings are available inside the program where you can access them instantly and learn how to become an AI machine, learn how to use AI for business development, marketing, networking, and prospecting. And if you want to learn how to use LinkedIn, hit me up on LinkedIn and let me know. If you want to find out more about my marketing agency, I've written five books, including High Energy Networking, High Energy Marketing, High Energy Purpose. You can check out ajaxunion.com. We have a marketing funnel webinar on there on the homepage where you can learn more about our services and how we work and how the marketing funnel works. And you can get into our funnel but the idea is I want to help you be able to grow your business, whether it means by giving you advice and supporting you, or whether it means by introducing you to amazing people, or whether it means by educating you on how to use the tools or educating your team. We're now educating teams on how to use this. I mentioned earlier, a PR firm hired us in order to educate their team. And so now we're educating marketing agencies on how to leverage these dozen tools so that they can be smarter and they can be more effective and they can save more money and do things faster. This stuff is fresh, it's new, and I'm assuming that it's going to keep evolving as you discover new tools and new uses. So, and I as I do wanna... that, I keep adding new tutorials to the web. I just created a new tutorial last night, um, and I added it to the course. So I'm I'm gonna keep adding new tutorials. So, um, it's really really phenomenal. New things are coming out every single day, and it's very powerful. And this course will keep evolving. My goal is to train a thousand people this year and impact a thousand lives. I'm not looking to go viral. I always tell people, I don't want to go viral. I don't want to be famous. I want a thousand people to see me a thousand times a year. Every mm. time I post on LinkedIn, on average, I get a thousand people to see my posts. So if you guys are not active on LinkedIn, if you're not posting on LinkedIn, if you're not engaging on LinkedIn, you're simply just missing out on all the traffic you're getting for free. I know how important it is to get traffic to your website. And with SEO, <laughs> I used to work my butt off to get a thousand people to come to a blog post. And now I literally just post something. I use AI to do it. Wink, wink. And now I get a thousand people to see me, remember me, like me, trust me, and spend millions of dollars with my agency. Boom. Wow. Awesome, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Well, I just went and checked out your course and I'm 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 have my credit card shivering in my hand right now because you've got me so intrigued. Um well, it's really nice to feel someone so enthusiastic, but also you've taken the deep dive. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're one of these people out here I've seen and so many they're oh it's the latest thing and they're trying to jump on this kind of influencer bandwagon but you have gone to the bottom of the swamp with this and and have seen it in in its glory and and it's it's really great to talk to someone who knows about it and is using this tool as the way it should be. And I keep learning more and more about it like literally every single day I'm reading articles about it, watching videos, talking to influencers, talking to like CEOs of companies that are building AI tools. 
And so I myself am getting educated. I'm part of three separate WhatsApp groups with all the different CEOs from groups. They're kind of sending me information constantly on the new things that are going on. So I am I'm building my knowledge base on this as I go as well. So I'm learning on it. I have hundreds of hours in it, but I keep learning new things and I keep tinkering with the tools myself as I'm teaching people how to do it. So I keep learning new things and expanding my knowledge on this in this area. Very, very helpful to be able to have some level of expertise in this. It'll really change your business and your life. Beautiful. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Innovative Founder with Bob Regneris and Brandon Boyd, a show featuring the real stories of entrepreneurs making their beautiful dent in the world. If you like the show, let us know by leaving a rating. If you're an innovative business founder yourself with a story to tell, then you might just be our next guest. Reach out to us on InnovativeFounder.com and tell us your story. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on The Innovative Founder.